We're going to be looking at uh, the name Prince of Peace. We're going to be talking about peace and how you can find life transforming peace this evening. And um, if I, I went online and uh, you can kind of get a survey for everything, can't you, at the moment? And uh, I looked for a, a survey to kind of gauge my level um, of peace and happiness. And so I went through a bunch of questions, and you'll be glad to know that I am 68% of the way there to peace and happiness. And um, one question they didn't ask, which would have seriously depleted my percentage, was how do you feel when you're watching AFC Bournemouth and they're trying to hold on to a 1-0 lead? <laughs> but I wonder where you are tonight. If there was a peaceometer on the stage here, where would you put yourself? Would you be that super chilled, everything's good with me, right at the end of the scale, or would you be actually that I'm completely stressed, <laughs> if I was honest? All of life's circumstances have got in the way. And Christmas has this wonderful phrase, doesn't it? Goodwill, uh, peace on earth, sorry, and goodwill to all men. And it's something that gets banded around at Christmas time. And I think beneath this is a wishful hope in reality that just for a few days we can put aside all the unrest and we can be at peace with ourselves and with the world around us. And in those moments, therefore, we can enjoy and be kind to one another. I want to illustrate this kind of sentiment, if you like, um, by telling you a story about me uh, and my brother. Now, um, when we were growing up, um, two boys, uh, he, he was three years older than me. We used to fight a lot. We used to bicker and fight, and it would start with words, and it would end up with bodies. <laughs> it would end up with bodies. And um, he, he was three years older than me, so he was bigger and stronger, but I was a bit crazier than him. <laughs> so it was actually quite a good match. And um, one Christmas time, one Christmas time, we were sat around the tree as we did as a family tradition. And I began to open one of my gifts. And I began to open it. I was excited. You know, what could it be? Who knows what it will be? And as I opened it, I was getting excited. I was like, wow, boxing gloves. <laughs> boxing gloves. And I was like, oh, yes. And I looked at my brother. He was opening a gift. Guess what he pulled out? Boxing gloves. And I said, oh no. And then we both collectively looked at my parents <laughs> who had this kind of strange terror and kind of hope upon their faces. And I was like, what kind of parenting manuals have you been reading? It's like the formative years by Mohammed Ali. But I think that's what we do with Christmas because my dad then went to go on to say, look, you know, this is going to soften the blow a little bit. No headshots, okay? And he could be referee and he could like, right, spar, off you go. And I think that's what we do with Christmas. 
we glove it up. No headshots. We kind of put all that rest underneath us for a while and just for a few days, we're all right with each other and the world. I need a bigger table. Ironically though, Christmas time, as you well know, is not the, the easiest time of year, is it? It's probably one of the most stressful times of the year for many. Whether that's with the cooking and uh, the culinary delight that you're going to serve up, or whether it's with navigating those family dynamics, whether it's just trying to finance the whole thing with gifts and presents. I don't know if you know, but on Christmas Day, I did some more research, and the average family has their first argument on Christmas Day at 13 minutes past 10. And between the hours of 1 and 3, there's a hot spot where 50% of parents are arguing. Yeah, you know who you are. What are they arguing over? They're arguing over the dinner. And the other thing that apparently they argue, argue over is who has consumed the most alcohol between them. There you go. And although it might be heightened at Christmas, in terms of us trying to find peace, I think we generally look for peace in three areas. The first place we look for peace is inner peace, right? Inside of us. That we would be all right with who we are and where we are right now in our lives. And that can depend on our health, can it? Both mental and physical. It can depend on a whole raft of things. The second place we want to try and find peace is interpersonal peace. That's like peace with one another in relationships, in marriages, in neighborhoods, in friendships, and at work. And then the final place we look for peace and we desire peace is international peace. Let's be honest, this year there are many conflicts ongoing in the world that we have heard plenty about. And though we may look for peace in all of those areas and try to find peace in all sorts of different ways, the unrest and the conflict often remains around us and, if we're totally honest, often inside of us too. And it was no different in the Christmas story. As we've heard from our readings, Mary was greatly troubled by the greeting that the angel was to bring her. Her kind of peace, inner peace at that moment was disturbed and it's no wonder she was about to carry and give birth to the Son of God. In Matthew's Gospel, we hear of Joseph and when he heard the news that Mary had gotten pregnant, because he was a God-fearing man, he had in mind the Bible tells us to divorce her quietly. Interpersonal breakdown of peace between their relationship. And 
into the context that Jesus was born, the Roman Empire, in terms of national and international peace, had acquired almost 50 countries nearby in the Mediterranean region. And they didn't do it by gentle peace talks, but by force and imposing themselves on other nations. And it's into this backdrop, it's into this situation that Jesus is born. There's one whom the the prophet Isaiah speaks about nearly 800 years before the event actually happened. Peter read it to us at the start of our time together. And we can read it in Isaiah 9. And he talks of this prince of peace. And he says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He is all of these, and he is also the Prince of Peace. And of the greatness and of his government and peace, there will be no end. I want us to go on from this clue of who this Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem as the Prince of Peace. And I want us to look again at this phrase, peace on earth and goodwill to all men. It's actually a mistranslation. The phrase actually comes from the Bible, and we can read it in Luke's Gospel. Again, we heard it uh, in one of our readings. And it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared to the shepherds, and with an angel they were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and here it is, and on earth, peace. To those on whom his favor rests. So there is peace, but it's for those on whom God's favor rests, those who please God, if you like. So, how do we please God? Well, the reality is that our response to God's reign is often to run away from him. You see, we want to be Lord of our own lives rather than acknowledge he is God and his ways are best for us. And therefore, we, the Bible says, are kind of against God in our natural human state. We tend to fight against him And that so often leads us to fight, therefore, with others. The Bible says that we are, therefore, enemies to God. And I know that's not great news this Christmas time. But the reason we get so excited, the reason we want to celebrate and tell the world about this Savior is because God didn't want to leave us in this way. He didn't want to leave us as enemies to God. 
He wants to be friends with us, with you, and with me. And he wants that so badly that he sent his son into the world. He sent his son as the prince of peace to come and be a peacemaker between man and God. And the way that Jesus did this as he grew up. You see, this baby didn't come as a mighty warrior. This baby didn't come as a powerful politician. This baby grew to be a man who would walk on the earth and everywhere he went, he brought peace to troubled minds, to hurting bodies, and to souls that were just restless in every way. And this baby was born to die. You see, Jesus on that cross took our rebellion, took our sin, took our fighting with God, if you like, the things that keep us from him. And he paid the price for our sin so that he could make a way for us if we trust in him to be friends again with God. No longer enemies, but friends. The Bible says in Romans 5, verse 1, it says this. It says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus that we can know the ultimate peace. And this is the greatest and most needed peace for all of us. It's that peace with God. And as we get that peace right, we then can have peace with those around us. As he has forgiven us, we can Forgive others. The interpersonal peace, therefore, runs out of that. We know inner peace. The Bible says that we don't need to be worried about anything. In Philippians, it tells us that we can bring our requests to God and we can know a peace that transcends understanding. Even when we don't understand it, even in the circumstances and situations of life, We can know an inner peace because God has done that for us. We can make peace with others just as God has made peace with us. And you can see, therefore, how this baby, this Savior, this Jesus, is the hope for everlasting peace for you and for everyone together. I want us to hear someone's story, a couple's story, dear couple to us who know something of this peace. They have had their inner peace restored, if you like, by coming to know God through Jesus. And in the midst of a really difficult situation, they have known this peace that transcends understanding. So let's have a little look at this video. We have um, 
kept their identity um, anonymous just to protect them for their safety. We left Pakistan in 2023 after one of my work colleagues was attacked for her faith. They tortured her very badly and uh, I was very scared of uh, that time that uh, if I face the same situation sometime, what I can do for that. And if uh, it happens to my family and uh, my children, it will be unbearable for me. We hope this would bring peace and freedom from persecution. But Pakistan was home, leaving home, brothers, sisters, families, not a small decision. It was very big. A home is always a home. <laughs> cost us £15,000 to arrange our move to the UK, meaning we had to sell everything just to get here. And when we arrived, we felt alone, cold and empty. We had to live in one hotel room with our three children and the work we were promised didn't come. Leaving Pakistan didn't give us the peace we had hoped for. But God provided us peace in our loneliness. And whenever I pray, I feel like God is here with me, He's giving me something that, oh, I am listening, don't worry. <laughs> he gave new friends. Our Sunday, we left church with new joy and unburdened from the week as he answered our prayers. We had miraculous provisions of money, housing and work. Life is still hard, but with all that God has done for us, we are for the first time able to tell people our story in our own language and able to invite people to church. We have already had people come to the heroes party with us. Difficulties, they, they are part of life. We have a God that can take us out from any difficulty. And the difficulty that we had before, I, I never thought of that we will get out of from them. But you see, we are, we are out of them now. No difficulty or no problem is big for, for God. extreme difficulty and difficult situations, both the really difficult that we've heard about there, but also just the, the everyday. And uh, I want you to know that this peace is available for everyone. It's available for you. And um, we have to go back, if you like, to the angels who said, like, you can have this peace for those on whom God's favor rests, but you've got to proclaim 
Glory to God in the highest. We've got to take our boxing gloves off, if you like, and accept that God is who he says he is. And as we can follow him in that way, choosing to live for him, we can know that ultimate peace in our lives. And it's an incredible way to live your life. I want to just encourage you, if you have been, if this has provoked thought in you or you'd like to explore some more, then come and see us again. Uh, We'd love to see you again. Maybe one of our other Christmas services or come to the detox uh, series in January. Or why not um, ask the person who brought you about this whole thing. Uh, They will love to share more about this Jesus who came at Christmas time as the ultimate peacemaker. Um, I'm going to ask the band to come back up. We're going to sing a final carol. But one last thing from me. Will there ever be peace on earth as the angels exclaimed? Well, the answer to that is yes. You see, there is still trouble and strife in this world. So Jesus' first coming didn't take that away. But I can tell you the great news is that his second coming, when he comes again, he will call all those on whom his favor rests to himself. And the Bible says that at that point, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And on that day, those who know him will enter a peace on this earth where there is no more pain, no more struggle, no more suffering. And we get to exclaim glory to God in the highest with God himself forever and ever. That's going to be an amazing day. This has been a great day. And we're going to finish just by celebrating again. So I want to ask you to stand and we're going to sing joy to the world. Merry Christmas.